Welcome to the Nino's Corner Podcast. This is beautiful. What is that, Velvet? Hosted by Nick, Nino's Corner Battle. Damn right. What up, Peach Nick Battle, a.k.a. Nino's Corner, episode 35 of the Nino's Corner podcast. Hey, guys, if you like what you're listening to, go hit that like and subscribe button. Um, give me that five-star like, that five-star um, words of encouragement and a nice review. I greatly appreciate it. Keep the content coming. Hey, guys, today we're going to talk about something that happened a few days ago over the weekend um, with uh, Andrew Gillum, a former candidate for the governor of Florida. Um, you know, he uh, got caught in the hotel room. Um, he was inebriated and he had a, uh, a male prostitute with him. And if I'm not mistaken, he overdosed, um, didn't die, but overdosed. Um, and just want to, you know, just talk about what that means for the actual political landscape um, when it comes to the Democrats and Republicans, basically, you know. Um, I'm not saying who I'm for, whether I'm a Democrat or a Republican. What I'm saying is guys like Andrew Gillum, you know, no matter what side of the fence you're on, when you listen to him, you you believe them. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. You know, so you actually believe them. Um, seemed like he had, you know, like a connection with the streets, a connection with the common people. Um, and the same thing goes for certain people who are also, um, you know, on the other side as Republicans, you know, there are a bunch of Republicans that I like to, you know, for instance, John McCain was, was one who I liked, um, you know, I'm in the military. So, you know, him being a maverick, him being a guy who was a prisoner of war, I loved everything he stood for. Well, not everything he stood for, you know, I don't love everything anybody stands for, but as an overall person, a good and decent man. Um, so, uh, I liked him. Uh, a lot of people didn't like W. I, I didn't have a problem with George W. Bush. You know, I felt like he, when he was out of his element as a as a president, when when he had to step out of the element of being a president, he was such a likable guy. And, you know, being a president is somebody that you can um, feel like you can relate to. And I think he did a great job of that when it came to the people. Andrew Gillum was one of those rising stars in the Democratic Party, but not just in the Democratic Party, one of the rising stars in politics. He just felt so likable. Um, so, you know, he was just one of those guys that had his ear to the streets, you know, and people would listen to him and and, and know that he, they knew that he knew what he was talking about when it comes to the common person. Um but hey, he's his his career is done. His 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 political career is done. Uh, drug overdose, uh, male prostitute in the room. Um, he was inebriated. He has since checked himself into um, a rehab. Um, you know, we're not hearing a lot about this story due due to the actual coronavirus. However. What do we do when we have these young stars when things pop up? You know, when things don't 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 go their way. Um, when things like this happen, because I think this this harms um, the country more than it helps. You know, and like I saw my wife today, you know, she was shocked by it, and I you know I always tell her you can't be shocked by what some of these people do. 
Um, you know, like even with the Tiger Woods situation, you know, we just know these folks as like I know Tiger is a great golf golf player, but you didn't know what he was in his personal life. And the same thing goes here for Andrew Gillum. You could talk really well in front of TV and he was likable and relatable, but we didn't know the demons that he possibly had going on in the background. Now he said that he um, you know, began drinking more since he lost his uh, Florida governor campaign. Um, but you know, it's, that's, that's not an excuse guys. Um, we just got to do better. You know, when you're in a position like that, um, to where you could potentially be the governor of one of the largest States in the country. Um, and potentially, uh, you know, aspire to higher aspirations, whether it be a Senate or a house seat and things of that nature, you got to understand that the odds are on you and that if something is 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 done that is not necessarily right and you are running for those positions it's going to come out you know especially you know i'm a black man so i don't want to bring up color a lot of times but especially when you're a black male or black female running for office you know everything has to be out on the table um let's be honest if Barack, you know if president obama had any dirt on him it would have been brought up on him he didn't have any. So, uh, you know, he got elected. Very likable guy, very relatable and uh, very truth-telling person. So he got elected. If he had any dirt on him, if he had any baby mamas, if he had any <laughs> if he had any any paid off this or paid off that to keep people quiet, it would have came out, you know. Um, but it didn't because he didn't have any dirt on him. He was squeaky clean for the most part. And then he wrote the book where he told his life – where he's, he, he told about the experiences with drug use and things like that. So you couldn't bring that up because he's already put it out there in the in the light. Um, but you see, you have those young superstars who are budding in in politics. You, you have to be transparent. But when you're transparent, um, you have to understand that uh, anything that 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 could be brought up against you will be brought up against you because you're held to a higher standard. I'm not saying that it's right. It's just saying that it is what it is. Same thing with um, entertainers and athletes, you know, they're not the common person. So, you know, you can't be happy when you're getting a thousand to, to a million likes on a picture on Instagram, but then be mad that somebody makes a foul comment on one of your posts. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a gift and a curse, right? So that's part of the lifestyle, part of the lifestyle of being a politician who has the potential to be bigger than the governor and, you know, maybe a senator and, and possibly bigger than that, be on the cabinet in a in a presidential uh, cabinet. You know, you have to understand that you have to live by a certain way and you have to not be in places that can compromise you. And you have to understand that people are going to gun for you. You are not normal anymore. You are not normal anymore. So do I think his, his, his career is on politics? I think so. And, um, you know, just, just hope the best for him as far as his rehab goes and I hope all this passes by and I hope he's able to still continue to, you know, to, um, I guess reset, and be able to um, still serve the people in a in a in a in a, in a servant leader mindset and mind frame. Um, yeah, we just pray for them. the guys in rehab. You know, for for uh, you know um, 
being an alcoholic, you know. Well, I wouldn't say being an alcoholic, but he's in rehab for alcoholism. So, but on that note, guys, uh, you know, so what do you guys think when it comes to our budding stars, when it comes to politics? And, you know, that's something that we have to think about for a minute because the the people who, who are in office now, and let's be honest, we have a bunch of old people in office now. We, we we need some new stars on both sides of the house, whether it comes to the Republicans or or the Democrats to, you know, to 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 lead this country. We need a new crop of younger folks that are going to come in here and understand what this generation is, is like. And I think once you get a certain age, you kind of lose touch. And so we need those those folks in that 40 year range, you know, who, who between 40 and 50 who kind of understand what the, this generation is going through and can uh, actually help and apply uh, uh, some some means and measures to 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 help out the folks who are going to be leading this country. You know, um, yeah. So on that note, guys, let's go to a quick commercial. I'm going to come back and we're gonna talk a little bit about sports, okay? All right, guys, and we're back. You know, I'm a sports guy. I'm a Cowboys fan. Don't hate me. So a little bit of sports news. A couple of things that happened yesterday when it comes to sports and uh, and football. I saw that Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon got picked up by the Broncos. Excellent pickup. Have him and uh, who started to run McBooker? Uh, no, Lindsey, Philip Lindsey. Yeah. Him and him and Lindsey, that one-two punch, one power. Oh, man, something like thunder and lightning. Both can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, both are great when it comes to that. Um Melvin Gordon's going to be amazing there. I cannot wait to see how he pans out next year. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, let's look at NinosCornerSports.com. My NCN, which is my Ninos Corner number. Let's take a look at the running backs from last year and how Melvin Gordon fared and Philip Lindsay. <clears throat> so the Broncos, they just cut Joe Flacco. Um, he is not the quarterback anymore. But as far as running backs, they got two of the best running backs in the league right now. Um, so Philip Lindsay, he finished as my number eight running back last year uh, with a 52.86 uh, Nino's corner number, um, eighth behind. So only seven guys in front of him. So, of course, we know that Christian McCaffrey was the guy last year, right? Uh, he was number one with 68.5. So he's about 13, about 15 and a half points. Less than, than uh, Chris McCaffrey. Aaron Jones was next at 60.94. Nick Chubb at 58. Dalvin Cook at 56.29. Ezekiel Elliott, numbers five at 56.14. Saquon Barkley, number f- six at 54.49. Joe Mixon at number seven with 53.96. And Philip Lindsay at number eight, 52.86. He had uh, just over a thousand yards rushing in seven TDs. Uh, let me see, thirty-five receptions for one hundred ninety-six yards. So he's not really the catcher that you would like him to be. But let's take a look at how Melvin Gordon did. So Melvin Gordon only played about half the season last year. He set out, and as he set out, um, Austin Eckler came in and, and played really, really, really well. And so I think that kind of rushed him back in the field. But once he got back on the field, it was kind of you know, known that it was going to be a two-headed monster when it comes to running back. So 
Melvin Gordon missed a significant amount of time, but he still came in and rushed for 612 yards, eight touchdowns, had 42 catches for 296 yards. So he had more catches in less games than Philip Lindsay. Um, and more yards. He had one touchdown receiving, and he had uh, about 400 less yards rushing um, and about 80 less carries. So, yeah, eight touchdowns. He had more touchdowns than, than, than Philip Lindsay. So, but in saying that, guys, this is going to be an awesome pickup for um, the Broncos. They got a great one-two punch with Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. Like I said, Phil Lindsay was the number eight running back in the in the league last year when it comes to the, to the Nino's corner number, and Melvin Gordon was number 25. Now, if you take that back to previous seasons, Gordon was one of the top running backs in the country. Well, not in the country, guys, in the league. I'm talking college football now. And so if I go back to 2018, let's look at the week 16, the regular season recap for 2018. Gordon was the number three ranked running back in the league. And it was a 65.01. He was the bell cow. He had, he had 85, 885 yards rushing on 10 touchdowns and 50 receptions for 490 yards and another four touchdowns. He was the number three ranked running back in the league, according to the Nino's corner number. So, and that same year, Philip Lindsay was the number four ranked running back with just over a thousand yards again, nine touchdowns. 35 receptions with 241 yards. So you got two guys who can really catch the ball out of the backfield. Gordon, a better catcher out of the backfield than Lindsey, but Lindsey is so fast. When he gets the ball in his hands, he's amazing. And Gordon can get in between the tackles better than anybody. Um, so, I mean, this is going to be amazing to see those two on the field together. I would love to see some, uh, some, you know, some actual formations where you got two running backs in the backfield and you got a Gordon and you got a Lindsey flanking whatever quarterback that's that's going to be there. Um which I'm thinking it's going to be Drew Locke, who was their who was a rookie last year from Missouri. But it's going to be amazing guys. Uh and that actual number, you know, for Nino's corner number, that's based on um running backs who had at least 100 attempts and 32 receptions, right? So these guys had 100 attempts and, and rushing in at least 32 receptions, but they were amazing at what they did. Uh, great pickup. Now, back to the Cowboys. Travis Frederick, he retired yesterday from the NFL and at least a big void for the Cowboys. So they just signed Looney, who was his backup, um, to a one-year deal for like $2.5 million. But uh, Frederick retires, and that's a big cog out of that lineup he was a top two or three center in the league um so that that leaves uh man that leaves a big hole for the cowboys do they keep learning who actually played well last year or do they go and draft um you know another center do they feel uh, you know comfortable enough with Looney for at least a year and then draft a center to maybe sit behind him for a year or do you go out there and get somebody now but Looney played well last year they also got a guy um connor mcgovern uh, from Penn State. Uh, they drafted him in the third round last year. He's a guard, but I think he has a little bit of flexibility also um, because he played center at Penn State too. So maybe they're thinking they can move, uh, you know, Connor McGovern, uh, you know, like to the center position to possibly battle with Looney. Um, but the starting lineup is going to be, guys, you already know what it is. It's going to be Tyron Smith on the left tackle, uh, Connor Williams at the left guard, whoever plays center, uh, Zach. Zach Smith, um, not Zach Smith. Uh, I can't think of Zach Martin. To Martin, Jesus Christ! I'm a Cowboy fan. Yeah, Zach, the kid from Notre Dame, 
And then at, at right tackle, uh, you got your boy from LSU. Um, God, I'm so bad with names today, guys. Why am I so bad with names today? Um, the kid from LSU who played very well. Uh, anyways, that's your starting lineup. Well, who's going to play center? Who is going to play center? Lyle Collins, guys. Damn it, Lyle Collins. So uh, who's going to play center? It's going to be interesting to see who's going to play center. Um, to be honest with you, I like Lyle Collins more at guard. I would love to see him paired next to um, – uh, I would love to see him and, and, and Connor Williams, you know, swap. Have Lyle Collins, you know, next to the left tackle. Uh, big boy from USC, have Connor Williams move to the right tackle. I think his, his feet are more uh, nimble than, than Lyle, but Lyle's so much more of a plower. He's a bigger guy. You know, so you have a great lineup there. I, I think that that would be a great mix, but you got to see who's going to play center. We're missing the big cog in the wheel there. I mean, he was one of the best centers in the league. So it's, it's going to be interesting. So on that note, guys, uh, keep tuned in, guys. Um Hopefully you like everything that you're hearing. Sorry, I foobarred on some names, guys. I'm never bad when it comes to names on football, but we haven't had sports in so long, so I've been kind of forgetting things for a little bit. Uh, but on that note, guys, appreciate everything that you guys are doing. Um, listen, like, subscribe. And uh, you know how I end all my podcast, guys. I ended on a do you message. Do you. When I go talk to all these kids at the schools, I tell them to do you. Matter of fact, I just signed out 22, 25 books uh, to – uh, was it Ernest Everett Stress Middle School out of Maryland? Out of, out of what? Mitchellville, Maryland? Yeah. So I'm sending them 25, 30 books uh, today. So I just signed them out to their Eagle Leadership Academy. Um, so a lot of work, signed every one of them out, personally signed cards and business cards. But I always tell kids, hey, man, uh, if, if people tell you that you can't do some things, man, tell them, do you, and then go, and then go home. Look yourself in the mirror and tell yourself, do you guys. And do you stands for the D stands for don't be afraid to fail. The O stands for outgrow your environment. U stands for understand your brilliance. And on that note, you know, I am out. And you know, those corners going to tell you to go to you.